Hello, my name is El Patino, and I am from Beauty Nails by Yaz, and you are listening to SME Stories with Ken Alfred. You are now listening to the next great small business podcast. Welcome to the SME Stories podcast, where it is all about small businesses in Canada. And here's your host, Ken Alfred. Hey everybody, that's the end of the show. We have a great episode today with El Patino. Now, El Patino is the owner-operator of Beauty and Nails by Yaz. Beauty and Nails by Yaz is considered a personal service setting with a green pass located in a private studio in North Ajax. They provide services in lashes, nails, one-on-one training, and a variety of other beauty services. El has been able to combine her passion for beauty and education, helping individuals feel as beautiful on the outside as within. She's a wife, mother, and owner with a lot of interesting stories and uh, you're going to enjoy. So sit back and absorb. All right, guys, we have El Patino from Health and Beauty by, sorry, Health and, sorry, let me get the right, right name properly here. Beauty and Nails by Yaz. El, how are you doing? I'm well, thank you. How are you? Well, the weather is kind of weird here in Ajax and El being also from, I believe, Ajax as well. Um, did you know yesterday, from well, maybe last week, that they said Thursday, which was yesterday, was supposed to be 12 degrees Celsius. No, I did not see that. Yes, and and that's what I was expecting. So I had my shorts and my barbecue ready to use. And uh, next thing you know, it was down to like two or three. So for Americans, that's were degrees Celsius, not uh, degrees Fahrenheit. So but I was very disappointed about that. But aside from that, we're recording this on a Friday, so always love a Friday, right? Yeah. All right, so... With that in mind, L, what's your story? What's my story? So my name is L. I'm short for Alicia. Uh, most people just call me L. And I it run, you know, and operate Beauty Nails by Yaz, where I provide services in lashes, nails, and a multitude of other services. But uh, people mostly come for me for nails and lashes and brows. Um, I'm a wife and my husband and I have three kids, uh, boys 17 and 14. And my, our daughter is seven and our daughter's name is Yasmin and her short name or her nickname is Yazzi. So that's where Yaz comes from. So it's beauty and nails by Yaz. And sometimes people get confused because, you know, they're assuming it's beauty and nails by actually Yaz. <laughs> but but no, I just named it after her because I, I I named it after her, and I mean she loves all the stuff that I do, and she's always asking me questions about what your what service you're doing, and she always wants to get her nails done, and you know she loves it. So I I mean it fits well that I named it after her, you know, not knowing that. But to the business, um, I do have you know behind me you can kind of see there's some nail art. So a lot of my clientele, they do come to me looking for nail art. Sometimes they're looking for very specific pieces, um, and I'm just able to, you know, do that for them. Uh, you know, growing up, I used to love everything that came with beauty, and I was an artist. I used to love drawing, but my knack was more so, um, I've had a hard time drawing from imagination pulling from that imagination even I had a lot of friends that were artists as well and they were able to just out of their brain just you know think of something and just draw it and that was kind of hard for me but I didn't really realize how beneficial it would be later on in life where now someone can bring me something 
and it's very easy for me to create something or recreate something with inspiration. And I just find it kind of funny, you know, how things change um, and come full circle. But yeah, that's being of Baez. I mean, I've been in the business for over 10 years. I originally started with makeup, actually, when I decided to go into beauty. Um, I came from the corporate world. I was a legal assistant. Um, I was a legal assistant, so I, I do hold two diplomas and a degree. So I was a legal assistant, and I also, which I still am, uh, an RECE, which is a registered early childhood educator. So um, that's what I used to do before. I always loved beauty, though, and being a first-generation Canadian, um, my parents kind of were leading me more towards, you know, the office environment. Because it was a whole mentality of, you know, you know, you get a job, you get your education, you get a job, and you stay at a job, and you retire there. But that's not what I felt in my heart. I had all these, you know inspirations i had all these aspirations in terms of what i wanted to do and i wanted to be in beauty and so even though i didn't go that route originally i still ended up there yeah no it's it's very interesting how life's paths kind of take us right so like you answered a lot of questions there so all right good night everybody we're done no i'm kidding we're not done right now so she answered a lot of questions even before i got a chance to answer but it is funny though because i think it's not Parents generally, they want their kids in a safe, secure kind of job. And I use the air quotes of secure, right? So you could work at any place. You can be at a hospital, a bank, you know, Fortune 500 company and whatever. But I guess Elle and I both know, because we both have corporate backgrounds, that anytime we can get that tap on the shoulder or the virtual tap on the shoulder nowadays for some people not being in the office and we can be let go for whatever reason right and usually unless we do something very glaringly um you know illegal i don't know let's say punching out your boss or something (laughs) you know it is usually outside of our control but they say sometimes the easiest the most safest job you can have is the one you create yourself right because some people might find that very odd but i said well think of it this way if you work for a company and the company is doing well, okay, you're probably doing okay as well. When the company goes down, you go down as well. You can get that's why sometimes what owners might do is they might cut people just to save costs. But in your own personal business, there's kind of only one person you can really blame if you're not making any money. Absolutely. And you just, just grab a mirror, right? Because <laughs> yeah. that's pretty much how it is. So I guess it's always interesting how that goes. So you said you went back. So back to yourself now. You went into beauty and there said there was something about it, right? You said there was, it just kept pulling you in. So even though you're doing EC, you're a legal assistant, there was just something that was pulling you in. So, and you said this is all the way back to when you were younger as well, like for, from art, you were saying before, like you couldn't uh, imagine doing any art, at least from your mind, yeah. unless someone kind of brings it to you, right? Yes. Yeah. So, you know, I remember grade nine, um, no, sorry, grade 10, we had an entrepreneurship course. And my, you know, in the course, one of the assignments was supposed to be, you know, you're going to create your business and you're going to detail out, you know, what your business is going to be about and et cetera. And my business was literally, um, it was doing hair, doing makeup, doing nails. It was actually, um, it was a, three-story building where there was different, you know, things happening. So main floor was like, you know, hair, makeup, and nails. And then the middle floor 
was going to have be like a little fashion boutique and on the top floor is going to be like a full-on spa so like that's literally what in grade 10 i had thought about but i mean not really knowing how to get there right and not really having mentorship either in terms of you know having someone to kind of guide you there as well so is that still like this kind of leads me to my next question is that what do you have plans for in the next few years is that three-story kind of um you know i'll say all-in-one boutique is that still on your long-term horizon of what you would still like to do or have you changed it or have you how to explain absolutely i still kind of strive for that but also adding in the teaching aspect so i also spent you know quite a bit of time teaching at a private college as well a beauty college um and teaching the things that i i do myself you know for my clients and i I love it, you know, because I feel like if I have the knowledge, I should be able to share it with others um, indifferently than what I was able to receive. Because I, you know, sometimes there's a lot of of gatekeeping as well when it comes to the beauty industry. Sometimes people just don't want to, I mean, help others or, you know, it's like, oh, if I tell this person this, they're going to, you know, know what I do or they're going to know how I do things and they're going to steal my clients. But the beauty industry is a billion dollar industry and there is enough room for all of us at any level. Yeah. And I I think that you touched on a great point there. I used to use the same thing about any kind of business, like same in the business I used to be in before, whether it's personal training, you can literally only work on one person at a time, even if you do a group thing. There's, you're still capped by the number of people you can support at one time. And all the people who, you know, can use your service is is X times. There's no way you'll be able to service all of them, right? And like, unless you're literally trying to do like an Amazon business where, you know, they say, oh, we'll get you on the first page of Amazon and just, you know, just, and you don't even have, have to have any products, right? So you just work off of like a drop shipping location, which I don't know if that still works right now because uh, one thing I found out is shipping costs a lot of money. So even a small bottle of something is crazy expensive, right? So yeah, I don't understand it either because even though you have people that may do similar services to you, they don't, they're not going to do it exactly like you. They don't have your exact personality. So sometimes what wins clients over is literally you. Yeah. Right. So you can teach that skill, but you can't teach them to be you. There's only one El Patino right now. Yeah. I think there is. Maybe there's someone in the States. <laughs> who knows? But, you know, that that's what that uh, you have to understand that you shouldn't have to worry about it. Unless you're literally doing one of those type of drop shipping kind of businesses where it's just generic products. Okay, maybe that's fine. But these personalized services, whether it's like in my case, car detailing, you know, personal training, an L with the nails and 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 the and the brows and all that sort of stuff it's it's very unique from that perspective so that's great to hear so you still that's still the long term vision but now we're going to include an educational section which i think is great yeah. and that's what it's all, all about inspiring the next generation so in terms of running your and i don't know if you want to call it boutique salon biz we'll just call it business right what do you encounter so far has been kind of like your biggest your big ticket item that you do for right now like what, what's the one that costs you the most money so that especially those who want to get in the industry have to be aware of so um nails is actually because there's a lot of products there's a lot of trends so you know we you know between different seasons or not there's a lot of different trends and with trends comes purchasing more products more products that you may not use after that trend has kind of left 
So um, when it comes to services, nail, you know, nail products are quite expensive. Um, sometimes the uh, being able to acquire certain products can be sometimes hard. So, I mean, I have certain distributors that I use because I generally buy in uh, bulk. And even those distributors, they experience issues when it comes to securing uh, products where, you know, I mean, since COVID, this has been an issue and it kind of hasn't really slowed down much where certain products where I used to use, now I have to continuously find different things because it can no longer be, you know, obtained. Yeah, it's the supply chain stuff, right? So yeah. we hear about that, especially when now I'm going to call before it was the pandemic times. Now we're in the inflation times, right? Yeah. So let's call it what it is right now. And uh, and it just didn't hit us until we started going through that pandemic where you couldn't find a lot of product for anything. Hell, remember the PPE stuff that the governments try to buy? Yeah, it was crazy. You couldn't find it. And they even had pop up, you know, PPE in malls when things slowly started to open up and all that sort of stuff. But I can imagine for very specific, yours is very specific products too. It's not like you're just buying toilet paper or other things in bulk. Yours are very specialized items, yeah. but in bulk. Absolutely. So it, it's really hard to find that. So interesting that nails is good is, is that uh, it is the most expensive thing that you can imagine that you probably didn't think about at the time, right? Like when you first thought, okay, I think I'm going to buy some, I'm going to start my products and get some different types of nails. Would that surprise you when you started looking into, when you first take yourself off of me buying it just for me, now it's me for my business? Absolutely, because when you're just buying for you, I mean, you may not buy a ton of colors, right? You might just have maybe like 10 or maybe a handful. I mean, some people are creatures of habit. So they generally, you know, they gravitate to the specific color, you know, maybe it's the pinks, maybe it's the blues, and they always generally do that kind of color and maybe it just, maybe they just change a shade. But as an owner, when you're operating a salon or a boutique, you need to be able to appeal to all of those creature habits. So you need all those, you know, various different colors. Um, and then sometimes if I don't have a color, I will actually mix a color from scratch. That was going to be my next question, actually, because is it something like, uh, not to say the paint is exactly, like nails are just like paint, right? You know, when you go to a Home Depot, if let's say you're painting a wall and you have those little swatches and they can take base colors and make it to the color that you're looking for, or even maybe do a custom color. Is it the same with nails in terms of at least the base color of what you're looking for? Absolutely. When it comes to gel polish, um, you can mix it, um, you know, and mix the consistency that you want, mix the sheerness that you want as well um, in order to create another color. It's just, it takes time because you can't rush it. And then you have to also make sure that you've made enough, but you don't want to make too much either because you may not use that color again. Yeah. I mean, for maybe like a wedding party, if you want to have a matching color scheme, that might be fine. Absolutely. But yeah, if, it, if you just walk in all of a sudden or, you know, they just say, you know what, I want something different make me a different, I, I like this different color. Can you make it now kind of thing? So it might take a little bit longer. So no, that's interesting. So that's some of the things like some of the, uh, what are some other expenses you find that uh, people don't really know when they, when they start talking to you and you start talking about your business. So we talked about nails. Is there anything else that would surprise people? Um, I mean, when it comes to health and safety as well, like there's certain things that we're supposed to do to ensure that, you know, we keep our space clean and then, you know, most things are single use. So like your nail files, the sanding bands, 
Um, these are all single-use items. So after every client that you have, you're tossing it. So, oh, okay. yeah. So, and then even when it comes to like lash services as well, because I do lashes, same thing. Um, if I'm using anything on your eye, I'm throwing that away other than my actual implement, which is, you know, it's metal. So it's non-porous mm. so that therefore I'm able to, you know, sanitize and disinfect it in order to be able to use on the next person. Well, that's what I was going to ask. So you said a lot of those things are unfortunately things you cannot uh, reuse. And are they developing any type of new, are you seeing any of those new products that, you know, is quote unquote not as porous that you can reuse them or right now, because unless they make everything based off of metal, you can just quickly peel off. But I'm sure that might apply for some of your tools, but not a lot of tools, right? Absolutely. So, I mean, the instrument that I use for pedicures, it's a stainless steel implement where you apply the grip, which is how you file a foot. Like it has different grit, um, grit level to it, how coarse or how fine it could be. And you, it applies on uh, like, like a sticker. You use it and you, then oh. you peel it off and toss that. And then you sanitize and disinfect your tool. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, the dental office where you sometimes if you go to get your teeth cleaned, they, but they have a living, they have, they actually have a machine inside those clinics that yeah. all the hygienists and the dentists have their equipment steam or disinfected. And for some reason I saw this machine, it actually packages it up again. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, so you see, they rip it open literally before they put it in your mouth, I guess, to show that it's sterilized and everything like that. So, yeah, I don't think people really noticed that. I think they thought, oh, okay, they just file it. And I guess legit places like yourself will actually do that. I'm sure, unfortunately, there are some businesses that you're supposed to chuck it after for after you use it one time, but you, they might save costs and just try to reuse it, right? Yeah, but it's never worth it. It's never, yeah, because you never, especially because you've been doing this for 10 years. So you've been working on a lot of different clients and you never know if they have like a government inspector as kind of like a mystery person that just is there to just inspect without even, you know, no clipboard or anything. It's just literally they're going in to see if you're actually following the rules that is set out. And right. I don't know if those people actually, I don't know if they tell you after the fact or do they call you beforehand to say, you know, we're coming to inspect is how does that work? Yeah, I'm not really sure about the mystery section, but, um, you know, like my place is inspected yearly. So they come and they inspect it, go through everything, go through all the drawers, go through, you know, your processes and make sure that processes are um, the way that they're supposed to be. Because oftentimes things also do change too, right? Mm -hmm. And depending on what type of products that you're using, uh, different products require different or different times for processing as well. So it's just. Do they inspect your products to see if like anything's expired or anything like Absolutely. that? Absolutely. Really? Absolutely. And, and how much? And how much notice do you get ahead of time? Then you know when they're coming. Do they? Is it a surprise or do they say, "Okay, Al, we're going to be coming on this day uh, between this time and this time." It's pretty much like next day. Oh, really? 24-hour notice? Yeah. Okay. Pretty just next day, you know? And, and realistically speaking, if you haven't been doing things the right way, I mean, 24 hours isn't really enough time for you to, you know, clean shop, so. Yeah, exactly. And the, sorry, I forgot to ask, how big is your team right now? So there's yourself. Are, are you doing everything yourself, or do you have a few, few staff that help out as well? Yeah, so currently I'm doing everything myself. Um, it just depends on, you know, what I end up doing. So if I do any bridles or any other types of services um, off-site and I need um, 
you know, individuals with me, I have individuals that I can call and that, you know, will attend. Like if I've done like a bridal party or we do like a photo shoot, like um, not last year, but the year before we did a photo shoot for uh, British Vogue. And so like I have like, you know, people that I can call and say, you know what, like, you know, I need some help on this plan and whatnot. And that's actually something that I would like to do in the future as well is to really build um, a full team of every, you know. And And what's the magic number? What's the magic number? Perfect number of staff for you. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, if you want to have someone that can do nails and you have a makeup artist, you have, um, you know, someone that can do facials as well. I mean, sometimes four, sometimes five, but I guess it just depends on, you know, how many services, if you want to have like a full bridal team that can provide like a full service to a, you know, a large party or a small party, I mean, you're going to need like a good four or five people. Yeah. And, and I guess I think I went on your site as well. So a lot of your stuff, do you still do walk-ins or is it strictly by appointment only? It's strictly by appointment and it's generally easier. Yeah. That helps that way. Yeah. It's easier that way too, just to kind of manage because it always seems to happen that everyone wants the same time (laughs) and (laughs) that's just how it works sometimes so it's easier to book the appointment even if it's same day booking of the appointment it's still easier to be to arrange a time to be you know timely and in order to make sure the next appointment doesn't run over as well and do you have something in there where it's like if if it's going to be like a big party you can't just book a one person in and then suddenly drag five other people with you at the same time right absolutely okay good so let's we've been talking about the industry so let's talk about it a little bit more you know broadly so how do you see like the the beauty industry right now and where do you think it's going um i mean it's only going to go up you know like i said before you know it's a multi-billion dollar industry and every year there's a new trend or there's a new service that's going to be offered um, they were coming up. There's always something different. And I just feel like it's only going to increase. And I mean, you can either kind of stay within your niche or you can kind of, you know, choose to broaden your horizons and, and choose to include other, you know, services that maybe you weren't thinking about doing before. Yeah, I mean, it's very broad, and you know, like you said, it's, it's it's all over the place. I think especially there might be, a, like you said, the demand's going up, because I guess during the COVID days, the pandemic times, you know, a lot of things were closed, yeah. right, which is very unfortunate. So a lot of people ha- didn't get a chance to really, you know, do what they normally do. And now that things are opening up, you know, I can imagine people wanting to dress up Again, they don't want to be in sweatpants and stuff for the entire time, like especially those who work from home. Like I work from home, but still, you know, it is there is something about actually dressing up and looking professional again and going out. And I assume for some people too, they want to. They don't get. They haven't gotten their nails done in a few in a couple of years during the pandemic because everything was closed, or they have to try to do it themselves. And I don't know how successful that could be with that because I mean I don't know anything about nails. That's why it's great to have Al here to kind of like educate me on that. Absolutely. But do you see that kind of like? influx of like that uh, demand has gone up for your services that you're like oh man it's a good problem to have almost right absolutely yeah you know there's fluctuations um specifically when it comes to summertime because now everyone has you know gotten over that lull of our of our uh winter and so now you know they're ready to be outside they're ready to enjoy the summer and the nice time so now it's like everything has to be done 
the toes need to be done because now you're wearing open toe shoes. So now there's lots of pedicures. Um, and then of course your nails need to be done too, right? Hair needs to be done. Everything kind of needs to be done. And I mean, it's not just women. Men like to get their nails done too. Some of them get nail polish and some of them don't, right? Men like to get their hair cut too, you know, like, like it's, not just women, but everybody likes to feel good, right? When you feel good on the outside yeah. or you look good on the inside, you feel good on the inside, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, I tell you one time, one time I got, and this happened many years ago, where as a gift, someone got me for my birthday, it was a sports manicure. Mm -hmm. At first, I thought it was a joke because I, this is when I was like in my, what, mid-20s? So I didn't know anything about this stuff. I'm like, Manicure? I wasn't too sure about it. So so I, I went and I, I went to the salon at the time and they got it and I got it done. And they did a really good job that, you know, I was showing, you know, my wife, Mrs. K now, you know, and she's be like, let me touch. I'm like, no, no, don't touch my hands. I, I don't want to ruin what they did because they did such a great job. It looked clean. It looked nice. And it's like, it's something I can definitely indulge in again in the future because, you know, there's something about grooming that I think people seem to forget. I mean, I, I mean, no, it doesn't take me long to look at my soon-to-be nine-year-old son. Yeah, he's not really well-groomed at all, even though I prefer to be groomed properly. He's like, no, his hair will, go, will be all over the place. He doesn't look after himself yet, but th those, those are young boys, right? I think as they get older, when they get interested in the opposite sex or something like that, maybe it'll start to change just a little bit. Absolutely, but, uh, it sure does. And I can tell you that. Yeah, because my daughter's like, how are you going to attract a girlfriend like that if, you, <laughs> if you're not smelling good or if you're not looking good? And she's 11 going on 12, and she loves the nails thing. So maybe I might have them go to go visit you, Elle, because so, she loves, like, right now she's putting on, she's buying some nail thing from Amazon, like, sticking it on, saying, look, Daddy, I have nails. I'm like, yeah, those are nice, but I think you've maybe, have you tried actually getting them professionally done? Yes. That could be something that they can do. Absolutely. So, is there any other misconception that people have about your industry? Um... I mean, there's lots. Sometimes, you know, within the industry, there's, you know, sometimes there's misconceptions as well between, um, you know, individuals. But I mean, sometimes people think it's easy. That's one of the biggest thing. And I found that a lot when I was teaching at the college as well, where you'd have students come in and they kind of like wave you off like, oh, like, like, it's nothing. Like, you know, it's nothing. But yeah. <clears throat> YouTube, right? So, sorry, I, I don't know if you heard that. Absolutely. And then when they actually start to get into it, they realize, oh, my gosh, this is hard. Because a lot of the services you're you're using two hands. And most people, I mean, other than typing, you're not using both of your hands. You're not used to that dexterity. So, like, for instance, for lashing, we use both of our hands. One to isolate, one to either pick up the lash fiber and a or create a fan and apply it. So, like, using two hands like that, I mean, that's not normal in that, you know, intricate way. So a lot of times people think that certain things are easy, even, like, you know, drawing on nails. They think that it's quite easy, but then when they try and do it themselves, they realize, oh, my goodness, like, this is difficult. Like, this is so little. Oh, your hands are so Your hands are so steady. And I'm like, my hands still shake. But it's just I know when it's going to shake, so I use that to my advantage. <laughs> Yeah, well, no, that's a good thing. And I, I mean, on a, on, a, on a lighter note, too, I can imagine if you're trying to draw on the nails, and it's one thing when you're doing certain services where, you know, okay, like if it's a builder, they'll just 
you know, do their thing. But with your nails, you're like really close to the client and literally they can be staring right at you while you're kind of doing it. So if they're like, I don't know about this, I don't like this. Can you do this? You know, so that could be very nerve wracking, right? Because in a perfect world, you want to do a service that, okay, I'll show you when I'm done. Right. And so, you know, they don't like to be, I'm sure people enjoy the interactive between the, you know, the, the person working on you and yourself, but then sometimes you just want it to be just quiet so you can just focus on the task at hand, especially if it's a very intricate design. Or maybe I'm wrong, Al. Maybe you're just so good that you can literally talk and do very intricate designs. Not all the time. I mean, <laughs> sometimes if that coffee kind of hits, you know, and get a little jittery or you get a little shaky, and I mean, that can make things difficult. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that, that's interesting to hear. And so one of the last questions I have about uh, this particular industry is what has been your biggest failure, but also your biggest success so far running your business? So in the in okay, so for myself, um, for a failure, uh, I could say that I haven't always jumped at certain opportunities that I've been presented with. And um and then regret it later. <laughs> so, I mean, I had an opportunity of, you know, you know, going on set and doing, you know, nails and whatnot on set. But, I mean, it was the integrity part where it's like I already had, um, you know, an arrangement or obligations, and I didn't want to just drop my obligations. But I still wish that I kind of was able to have <laughs> taken that opportunity at the same time. So that to me was a failure because, you know, I was like, oh man, I'm like, this was, this was it for me. But I mean, I feel like there'll be other things for me. I mean, I've done other things too. Um, I was actually able to do machine nails for the Juno that was just a couple weeks ago. So yeah. But, um, then I think success, I mean, that's a success for me too, I guess I could say. And then honestly, yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say what for the, what for the failure you're talking about was not jumping on it on, to go on set. I was going to say, are you able to disclose what set you, you had to turn down, uh, because of the other obligation? Um, I don't know what to say, but yeah, it was, um, if that's okay, if you don't have to, I'm just curious if it's something that people would be surprised. It was like, like Oh my God, you turned down this opportunity and yeah, it was a Disney movie. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. But Hey, like you said, other, you've been, you've worked on the Junos as well, which is a, for those who are familiar, that's like a very big, uh, Canadian award show, right? So to get, recognizing to even going to working on something like that, that's a pretty big deal. Cause I'm sure how many other people that do your services have never even seen or even been invited to something like that big. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, probably not. not probably not. <laughs> yeah. So that's you're in a lead club there, Al. So that's Thank great. You. Now it's time for tips from the pro. <laughs> tips of the pro segment now so now we're going to talk to people who are similarly who want to either do something very similar to what l is doing so that's what we have we call this in the world so all right Al. so now you've done so many different services you do nails you do uh brows and so what was a few other ones that you did you did lashes, lashes. facial waxing okay so all those different services right so when someone's starting out like you do they go all in for all of them, or do you think they should maybe start with one or two? And if whatever ones they decide, to, let's say you do go with the niche one, which ones did you find to be very profitable in the beginning? 
So I guess it just depends on what their schooling is going to be like. So if they're going to do a full-on esthetician course, they're going to get, you know, you know, many petty. They're going to get um, uh, lash tinting. They're going to get waxing. So they're going to be able to do those services right off the bat. Um, and then you have to actually extend out in order to do eyelash extensions or to do nail extensions. So that's like a second part that you go into afterwards. Um, so if they're going to just do, you know, they want to just get into the beauty industry, which is what I did, I did makeup. And I worked as a, as a makeup artist. I worked for, you know, different companies. And that's how you kind of get out there. And I mean, then you get to see other things that maybe you might like. Maybe you might work at a spa and you're doing some services there and you get to see services and you get to basically understand what you like best. Because sometimes there's certain services that you may not like to do. But yeah, so basically, I mean, it just depends on which way you're going to go. Some people have the time and the money, basically, to go full-time into school and do, you know, for a year and take the education course. Sometimes you may have to do it part-time and pay little by little. So it all just depends on what the person's budget is and ultimately where they want to end up as well. Okay, no, that's pretty good. And so so if you take the esthetician course, you do a lot of different things. When you first started, what did you notice was actually making you really good money at the time? Because you, you learned about almost everything there. Like when you first started, what, what was it? Yeah, so I mean, you know that, that phrase, you know, time is money. So the services that you can do and you can do efficiently and you can do well and you can do fast is going to ultimately make you more money. So, um, for instance, waxing is something that, you know, is quite easy to do, not as much um, for products, but you can make a good amount of money with waxing. And it's a fast service where, you know, you can wax someone's brows in like five minutes, right? So you can wax someone's legs in probably 20, right? So it just depends on... Um, you know, like what service it's going to be, and yeah, no, that that's really good. So waxing is something because that's the thing. I mean, for myself, obviously, I have no experience in this, so it's kind of nice to hear that if someone can get pretty much overwhelmed because they say, "Oh, I see everyone on every street corner. I can see some type of nail place or beauty salon." Hey, do you need an error-free website? Do you need transcription that's accurate and on time? Would you like to remove noise from your video or audio recording? Do you need a spokesperson for your business? If so, we can help. At Northway Capital Group, we are happy to announce that we are now providing website testing services, audio transcriptions, and audio cleanup, as well as spokesperson services. We would love to help you on your next project. Contact us for more information at northwaycapitalgroup at gmail.com. Hey guys, thanks for listening. This is the end of part one of the episode. Make sure you listen to part two next week. So thanks, and we'll see you on the next one. Hello, I'm Elle and welcome to Beauty and Nails by Yaz. So here at Beauty and Nails by Yaz, we offer services in lashes, uh, nails, uh, makeup application, and many other beauty services. You can book online, uh, you can call, or you can text to book an appointment as well. Uh, can't wait to meet you. Thank you for listening to the SME Stories Podcast, which is owned by Northway Capital Group. Please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Northway Capital Group.